Good morning. Today is Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. When was the last time you thought about your spleen? There is one verse, one pusik in this week's Torah portion, the Parsha of Akev, that contains such a practical, it's, it's subtle, but it's such a practical, important lesson. And if we could only pay attention to this, our lives would be dramatically improved every single day. So our Parsha takes place just before the Jewish people are about to enter the land of Israel, at the edge of the desert that they've been wandering for 40 years. And the Jewish people ask a question, or rather, God expects a question. When you will think to yourself in your heart, and God is saying, you will think this to you, to yourself in your heart, the people that are living inside what was then Canaan, the land of Israel, that the Jewish people had to conquer, they are more numerous than we are. They are stronger than we are. How are we going to be able to settle them? How are we going to be able to conquer them? Now, that's a very good question. Because we know from the book of Joshua, the next book of the Torah, that it actually took seven years for the Jewish people to conquer the land of Israel when they entered. Seven years is a lot of time to have questions in your heart. Listen, what's going on here? God promised us this land. Why is it so hard? We're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. Why is it taking so long? And especially remember, years earlier after the incident of the spies, and the spies who came back to the Jewish people and said, we may not be able to conquer the land of Israel when we go in. And remember how God was so angry that the people were worried and upset and hysterical that maybe they would not be able to conquer the land of Israel because, because God had promised. God had promised. But now when they actually do go in, and it's not going so well, it's not going so fast, seven years it takes them. It seems like it's not happening. So it's a really good question to ask. And I am sure everyone, not at some point, probably repeatedly during those seven years, asked themselves this question, what's going on here? Are we going to be able to do this? How are we going to conquer when they're so mighty and we're so small? Okay, it's a really good question. And God anticipates that question. And God provides the answer. In our Parsha. V'nashal Hashem elakecha es ha'goyim ha'el mipanecha God will allow you as you go into the land of Israel to be successful, to triumph, to conquer over the nations who are there, ma'at, ma'at, slowly. It's not going to happen fast. 
I want you to be ready for it now. I don't want there to be unclear expectations. It's going to go very slowly. But not for the reason you think. Not because, God forbid, there's any weakness in God. Not because, God forbid, there's any wavering in God's promise that I'm going to give you this land. No, that's got nothing to do with it. You are not going to succeed quickly. It's going to go slowly. Ma'at, ma'at. Very, very slowly. Why? In order for it not to cause a situation where the native inhabitants are gone quickly, you are just getting settled there the land will be in a state of destruction. The land will be in a state of disuse and there will be wild animals, there will be uh, ruins, there'll be all sorts of things that will happen in the interim if you were to take it right away. So therefore, God says, no, it's going to go slowly. It's going to go very, very gradually so that when you do eventually take possession of the land of Israel, it will be in good shape. It will be ready for you. It will be in moving condition. Listen to the words of the Nitziv commenting on this verse in the Torah. The Imkain, and therefore we see by these words... Zegam came Pashkachalatova. This is a favor that God is doing for us. God is explaining, listen, you're going to come in. It's going to seem like it's taking a long time. But I'm telling you this in advance, and I want you to know the reason. It's because it's for your benefit. It is so that you will be able to inherit a land that is rich and fertile and ready for you. It's for your benefit. That's why it's going to go slowly. You may have thought to yourself, and I'm sure many, many people did repeatedly, you may have thought to yourself that you would have preferred to succeed right away. You would prefer to have a sudden victory on entering the land of Israel. But I'm saying to you now, God says, before you go in, there's a reason it will go slowly. And it's for your benefit. And I would imagine that this would have been very helpful for an otherwise questioning, despairing Jew to hear going through that long process of conquering the land. And here's the truth. And this is the truth Beneath this verse, there are so many good things that happen to us that we never even realize unless it's pointed out to us. And if we would be more aware of how much good actually happens to us that is unobserved by us, behind the scenes, if we would be aware of that, our outlook on life would be completely different, much more positive, much more grateful, 
our whole frame of mind would be different. So I return to my question. When was the last time you thought about your spleen? For centuries, medical science understood that the spleen plays no critical role in our lives. It's just there because it's there, but it does not appear to do anything important. In 2009, Dr. Matthias Narendorf, who was a cardiologist and a researcher at Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School, wrote a paper in the journal Science where he described an amazing thing that doctors had only recently learned, and that is that the spleen... Our spleen is a reservoir of huge numbers of certain kinds of cells called monocytes. Now, what monocytes do is, in the event of serious trauma to the body, for example, a heart attack, and that's what he was studying, he's a cardiologist, but it's also true about a uh, serious sudden wound or... A, um, an infection, a serious infection. So what happens is that the spleen, which contains a gigantic number of these cells, disgorges these monocyte cells in gigantic numbers to tackle the crisis. Dr. Narendorf wrote, the parallel in military terms is a standing army. You don't want to have to recruit an entire fighting force from the ground up every time you need it. So you want a standing army. You want the, the ammunition in reserve, ready to go at a moment's notice when you need. So listen to how they realize this. So they were studying heart attacks, patients who had devastating heart attacks and what happens inside their body. And they, they learned that these monocyte cells are the major repair workers after a heart attack. They remove dead muscle cells, they start rebuilding stable scar tissue, and they stimulate the generation of new blood vessels. Within 24 hours after a heart attack, there are millions of monocytes congregating around the broken heart. But their question was, they could see all of these cells beginning to repair the heart, but the question that they faced was, where are they coming from? And they looked throughout the body, and they did not find in the bloodstream, they didn't find, you know, hanging around in other places, all these millions and millions of cells that could come in a moment's notice to help repair the heart, until they checked the spleen. The spleen is the monocyte mother load. There are 10 times the number of monocyte cells in the spleen than in anywhere else in the body. So what happens is that somehow 
our spleen gathers this gigantic number of cells, monocytes. They, these cells migrate to the spleen and they're stored there. They just, they sit and wait. They don't do anything as long as we're healthy, as long as things are going okay. But the moment something serious happens to our body, the cells are aroused and they immediately go to the affected part of the body in order to help heal it. Dr. Narendorf said, the more you learn, he was talking about the human body, but it's true about everything in life. The more you learn, the more you realize that we're just scratching the surface of life. We don't know the whole story about anything. Who knew that God created this marvelous repair system in our bodies? And for centuries, we had no idea of this helpfulness that God had created within us. On July 20th, 2009, astronomers all over the world scrambled to get their biggest telescopes focused on Jupiter because that was the day that they learned that something very significant happened on Jupiter. Something, probably a comet, hit Jupiter. It left an impact. Obviously, Jupiter is so much more gigantic than Earth, but it left an impact the size of the Pacific Ocean. Now, for Jupiter, it's no big deal. But had something like that happened on Earth, it would have been catastrophic. Game over. You may remember hearing about this. You may not. But I want you to think about the following. And this was in a New York Times article just after that date. So Dr. Frank Marches was an astronomer at UC Berkeley, University of California in Berkeley. And he is the one one of the lead researchers that was studying this event, this phenomenon that happened on Jupiter. And he wrote that whatever it was that hit Jupiter, they think it was a comet, what happened was it was pulled, this, this body, this comet or whatever it was, was pulled towards Jupiter and hit Jupiter because Jupiter has a huge gravity energy all around it. So, I mean, imagine Earth has gravity. The bigger a planet is, the stronger the gravity is. Jupiter's gravity is, I don't know how many thousands of times stronger, and the, gr the, the, the gravity force from Jupiter had the strength to be able to take this comet that's just shooting who knows where and draw it towards Jupiter so that it hit Jupiter. 
causing, as far as we know, no damage. But here's the next point that Dr. March has made. He wrote, every single human being should be thankful to Jupiter. The solar system would have been a very dangerous place if we did not have Jupiter. We should thank our giant planet for suffering for us. Its strong gravitational field is acting like a shield, protecting us on Earth from comets from the outer part of the solar system. Without Jupiter, we would be in big trouble. Did you ever think to thank God for Jupiter? Well, in fact, we do thank God for Jupiter in our Shabbat morning services and our prayers every Shabbat morning. But be honest, did you ever focus on it? Did you ever think about Jupiter in terms of the benefit that it gives to every single one of us, the security, the safety? Jupiter is protecting us. We are protected from catastrophes large and small every day in ways we don't even realize or recognize. Imagine if we could feel gratitude and happiness and appreciation for all that we don't see, all that we don't realize is saving us and protecting us and healing us. So we have to look for those instances where the curtain is drawn back and we get a peek, like in this, pos- in this week's Torah portion. There is a very, very good reason why the Jewish people entered the land of Israel and it took seven long years to conquer it. Ma'at, ma'at, slowly, slowly, slowly. There was a very good reason for it. It may seem to us, it may have seemed to those who were experiencing it as nerve-wracking, as worrying as discouraging, as God, God forbid, reneging on his promise. But the truth is, it's for our benefit. And if we could look at the world like that, it would change our lives. And that's what we should try to do. We should try to look at the world and understand how much God is doing for us, how much God is protecting us, how God is healing us in ways that we do not even recognize. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.